but somewhere, I believe it was around the 85 season, we wore the uniform somewhere mm-hmm. and either didn't play well. I don't know if we lost, but I don't think we played well. And Coach Dooley was a pretty superstitious guy. Um, and he was not happy with us at all. And so if you didn't play well, he could light you up pretty good. And I remember he basically told us that on no uncertain terms, we were wearing those red pants again. What's up, Georgia football fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and it's finally happening. If you've listened to a Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast episode anytime over the last five years, you're probably aware of my fandom for Uniform Talk. And this episode, number 241, is all about Georgia's newly revealed uniforms and much, much more. It really doesn't matter the team or the sport, even. If there's a nuance, a throwback, or a complete redesign of a helmet, jersey, or pant, I'm probably going to be interested in talking about it, or tweeting about it, or, in this case, creating a complete podcast episode about it. UGA sets social media on fire with a new black jersey and throwback white jersey, red pant combo this past week. I was ecstatic. Georgia football shared perfectly styled photos and provided a masterfully edited video to get fans and me excited about this new alternate look for the 40-year anniversary of the Bulldogs National Championship season. So I began reaching out to friends and contacts to hear what they thought about the jerseys and the red pants. I chatted with eight individuals, all with a unique perspective. You'll hear from 960 The Ref's Logan Booker, who speaks to his fandom about the uniforms, then Chase Kelly, owner of the 7-6 Apparel Company, who goes more in-depth about the subtle changes and nuances about the overall look. Graphic designer Hunter Jones follows Chase and brings up a few thought-provoking design elements that I hadn't thought about. Then you'll hear from former Georgia football player Kenny Bailey, who played for Coach Donnan and Coach Rick. He brings up an alternate uniform that he wore, and one many Georgia fans might have forgotten about from the early 2000s. After Kenny, you'll hear from Georgia athletes Blake and Sarah Sailors. Blake was a special teams ace for the Dogs from 2010 to 2013, and Sarah competed for the Gym Dogs. And if you think about how all of this information of the throwback uniforms happened, it was through that cinematic video shared by Georgia on social media. Former IMG sports videographer and recent Georgia grad Pete Gottschalk helps to explain the production elements for the video and how it was filmed. Then, to complete this episode, I invite local Athens, Georgia attorney and former roverback for Dooley's Junkyard Dogs, Mike Brown. Mike was one of the few to actually wear the red pants back in the 80s and provides his opinion on the new design, plus a few memories of former Bulldog greats that he played with. So thanks to all who spent time talking to me. The stories and the memories will certainly keep you listening to the end of this episode. And if you want to skip around, I'll have the timestamps for each guest listed in the show notes of this episode. Please subscribe to our podcast and share this episode with your fellow Bulldog friends. All right, it's time to kick it off. Hope you enjoy this Georgia football uniform special. Uh, So I'm joined by Logan Booker. I literally texted, not even texted, I sent him a direct message on Twitter about three minutes ago, and he responded, and he decided to jump in about the uniform talk because September 17th, 2020 will always be remembered as the day that Georgia brought back the the throwbacks or yeah they they reclaimed the throwbacks and then they made some little alterations to the black jerseys um I absolutely my personal opinion I think I already said this I love the white tops red bottoms uh so Logan initial reaction this afternoon when it hit uh Twitter what was what were your thoughts 
So I, I've always been on record, Scott, as saying when, when we talk about throwback jerseys and to David Johnston, my co-host at 960 The Ref, to his chagrin, uh, I do bring it up from time to time. He does not share our enthusiasm, uh, Scott, in this <laughs> uniform talk, but but he's always nice enough to let me work it in. But But in all of our conversations over time, I have always sort of scratched my head as to why people want red pants so bad. When I look at those highlights of uh, Herschel Walker just destroying Bill Bates up at Tennessee and the few times that, you know, Dooley did pull those red pants out, I'll be honest, I never really loved them. And I always sort of said, well, I get that there's a lot of fans out there that would love to see him back, but there were so many other things I would have preferred over that. So I've sort of kind of shrugged that off in those conversations and then UGA dropped that video today, and I was like, holy crap, now I see it. Now I realize what they would look like, I guess, in today's modern you know, technology mm-hmm. or the modern uniform that Nike puts out there. And I immediately loved them. And I even went on Twitter and said, all right, I, I get it now. I was maybe wrong the whole time that those red pants are absolutely sweet. Those uniform stripes on the jersey, it's, it's just they're perfect in every single way. I'm not sure the last time I've seen a uniform unveiling – not only from Georgia team or a team I root for, but anywhere where I sat back and said, oh my God, it's perfect. And I think this is that one. So I, I love it. I'm, I'm very excited to see him in action. Hopefully, I guess, I guess we're now finding out week one against Arkansas is when we're going to see those things. Oh, we are going to see him week one. Yeah. See, I don't even so, know. So Chip Towers just in the last hour or so wrote an article that it's going to be a one-time thing against Arkansas hmm. uh, for week one. Um, what I'm also finding out, this is all, this is all Chip Towers reporting is that they were originally supposed to have these things regardless, and they were going to be a surprise at Mercedes-Benz Stadium when the fans ran out against Virginia. They were not going to do this big unveiling like they did today. Uh. They were literally going to make it a a shock and awe moment for when the players ran out. Uh, All of this is in conjunction, as you've picked up on, with the 1980 season. We see the patch on the jersey. Uh, So the plan has been for a couple of years now to wear these jerseys once, and we're finding out now that Arkansas is that game for week one. Probably going to be the only time this season. I kind of hate that in a way. When I first saw them, I thought it was the entire season they were going to wear these things on the road. But that's at least the reporting I'm reading now from Chip is that this will be a, against Arkansas. And then, hey, I guess 40 years from now, we'll do it again maybe. But but I'll enjoy the one time we get. I think that's smart. I mean, yeah. it, 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 the initial shock of you telling me that, it kind of disappoints me because I was sitting there thinking like, Maybe Florida, you know, maybe towards the end of the season, maybe in the SEC championship game if we get there. But, you know, it makes sense. Make it special. It's a guaranteed win, so they won't be cursed uh, after the trip to Arkansas, at least we think so. Um, So, you know, it's one of the the throwbacks. They've definitely uh, spent some some money and time developing those. But, you know, it's one of those other things that will be in the Georgia lore, the uniform lore, on uh, when they might pull it out. Because, I mean, to be – to be quite honest, we've only seen black jerseys what four or five times. Yeah, at all since uh, nineteen ninety or since two thousand seven. And everybody is so scarred from that one awful yes. night in two thousand and eight. And I get it; that was one of the worst memories. I wasn't there to be honest. I was in my apartment in Midtown Atlanta watching that thing, and I was just as frustrated as anybody. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm telling you, I think the memories of 07 Auburn, the memories of that Sugar Bowl against Hawaii later that season. And then uh, when is the other time he wore them? I guess <laughs> Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah, the the not very memorable <laughs> afternoon game in November, which I'm never really sure why they picked that day, but you know, not as memorable as the other ones. But I still, and I think you and I agree on this, it's one of the best looks 
in all of college football. And it happens to be the team that we root for. And for that reason, I've loved him so much. And I've never understood the just scarring that that 2008 Alabama game left. When I showed one of the uh, the, the boss people there at, at Cox Media today, they hadn't seen the new jerseys. And and I showed her. I said, hey, check out these black jerseys they unveiled today. The first thing she said was, ugh, I'm not sure we've seen them win in black jerseys. I was like, what are you talking about? It was one out of four times that we lost. So just a little little you know, example of the way people are so afraid of these things. But they look good. I've got a little bit of critique for the new black jerseys. Mm-hmm. I, I know where you're going that, with but, this. But I think they still look really, really good. If, if, if you and I were given the reins and said, hey, does I make some tweaks to the black jerseys if you want? I probably would have said thanks, but no thanks. They're perfect the way they are. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the spiked collar. Right. I, I think here, here's the thing, though. When you look at the picture of the jersey by itself, the first thing I notice is the collar. And I'm like, why would you do the, the spiked collar? The other picture that was released of the player wearing it, it's not nearly as in your face. So I would right. like the to helmet think on. That, Exactly. So when we see these things, or if I guess, I hate you have to say if, but when we should see these things, I'm not sure you're going to notice the entire time you're watching the spiked collar. I think you'll just look at a really good color combination. I think we'll be able to enjoy it. Yeah. You mentioned that the fans were scarred. I think really fans were scarred because they went off the rails when they pulled out the black helmets and even the black Jersey with the, or no, the red Jersey with the black pants. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a infamous photo of Kirby standing there in Jacksonville, ready to run out on the field when he played for Georgia, wearing that jersey, and it yeah. wasn't a good look. And Georgia yeah. lost in both the black helmet and the black tops. Was it red pants? No, red top. What, what year? What year are you talking about? I don't even know. Kirby was playing, so it was the late nineties. Okay. Late nineties. Yeah. yeah, I think it was black pants and white tops. If memory served, I can see. A, I can see Heinz Ward in my head. You know what? I think, and someone could correct me, and you could correct me eventually. Mm-hmm. I think they've worn red tops, black pants, because they pulled out the black pants and white tops versus uh, what uh, Wisconsin in okay. the uh, Citrus Bowl. No, the Outback Bowl back in nineteen ninety eight under Jim Donnan. Right, right, right. Uh, Heinz Ward, uh, Mike Bobo. Those look pretty good. It's a good look. Okay, so and, I'm looking at a picture of it right now. 1998, Georgia did wear black pants and red tops at Florida, and obviously that was mm-hmm. not a winning year. No, no, no. And it was a that's a bad look. You agree yeah. with that? I agree. Yeah, I, I'm so, not, not a fan of the black underneath so the red. What that shows, you know, you and I are big voices on Georgia Twitter championing the, the uniform talk. However, we do have our limitations where we don't want – uh, for lack of a better word, to bastardize the, right. the uniforms. We appreciate the black jersey and obviously now the red pants with the the vintage white top. Um, it's not like you and I want to change the helmet or, you know, yeah. include like a monochrome look. It's just this is this is a nice and I, I think this is as far as they need to go and probably will go. Yeah, in fact, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I say never, ever, ever change the helmet under any circumstance. Right. Uh, even those, we call them the Power Ranger jerseys, that 2011 debacle against Boise yes. State. I get what they were doing, sort of a futuristic look at college football. Boise State had equally bad jerseys. They were pretty bad. Theirs. That was the uh, year but, of pro combat uniforms. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't a fan of those. Now, however, I learned something recently, and I think it was Jeff Dantzler that was telling me this, is that that helmet from 2011 is one of the most sought-after pieces of memorabilia for the heavy collectors in Georgia. Memorabilia collecting, it's, it's, it's very rare, 
um, I guess getting your hands on an actual game worn one is is it's going to cost you a lot of money to do it. Um, that being said, though, as far as the field of play goes in future, I hope to never do anything but that beautiful red helmet with that beautiful elongated G in the middle of it. I don't see the need to ever change that whatsoever. Uh, even the tweaks we've seen over the years. Remember back when Kirby was playing, there was the was it the multicolored stripe across the top. Now yes, it's it just the, the black, white the black stripe. Yeah, exactly. And I would not be opposed if if a coach ever wanted to put the bones back on the back of the helmet or the stars. The stars are awesome too. Um, I was hoping, and I've seen people on Twitter just today saying, "Hey, throw the stars on the back of that throwback 1980 helmet." Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we can all see in our heads the Herschel Walker helmet that sits over at Butts Mirror that we've all come very close to through the glass before, and it's got those beautiful kind of worn out stars that Herschel Walker took a pounding in, which you was think just maybe awesome. maybe Zamir White lines up first play with the three bar face mask. I'm all about it, man. <laughs> I, I, I haven't really dove into the face mask, you know, no Twitter, but I'm sure somebody out there, including you, Scott, would love the three bar face mask. I, I'd like to see it. I'd like That'd to see awesome. someone uh, bring that out. But yeah, uh, but yeah I, I just, I wanted to talk to you. I'm yeah. going to talk to some others real quick about it, but uh but yeah, I think uh, you and Dave and Jeff and Chris do a great job of kind Thanks, of man. dabbling in, in the uniform talk on uh, on nine sixty the ref. So yeah, if anybody's out there and has not listened to Logan in the morning, he gets up extremely early uh, to bring you all the latest uh, bulldog information. Definitely tune him in from what six a.m. to ten a.m. Six to ten a.m. I'm I'm full of coffee by five thirty, ready to roll, man. Well, we'll have to we'll have to have another conversation about what your daily schedule is like because I can't even fathom having to wake up at something ridiculous like four in the morning to go to work. Let's just say when you sent me that message at five o'clock to talk, I was just waking up from a nap. So it was perfect timing. So. <laughs> nice, good nice. deal. All right, well, uh, Logan. Hopefully, I'll see you at uh, some games. Uh, we'll uh, kind of give an air high five to each other or or a go dogs or something like five, that. Absolutely, yeah. And, uh, and keep yeah. up the good work on 960. Thanks for talking Thanks, with Scott. me. Appreciate it, man. All right. So I just talked to Logan Booker about the uniforms, and you heard all of his thoughts. And next, I wanted Chase Kelly, the owner of the 7-6 Apparel. I'm sure many of y'all have uh, the T-shirts or the hats. Uh, gosh, he, Chase can fill us in. Oh, the polos. He can fill us in on all of the other stuff that they're, they're producing. But uh, I wanted to get Chase's thoughts on the design of these new – throwback uniforms that George is going to be wearing for the 2020 season. So, uh, Chase, thanks for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, always love jumping on and talking dogs, especially talking uniforms. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, I think they nailed it with the throwback. Um, from what I understand, they had been working with Nike for maybe even a couple of years on this concept and basically told Nike, we want this exact look and showed them, pictures clips from that 1980 game against Tennessee and said we want it to look just like this um now obviously there's a different style of jersey cut now as opposed to 1980 so the one the one real difference although the new jersey has the sleeves the stripes on the sleeves Mm -hmm. you'll notice the tv number on the shoulders instead of on the side of the arm and that's that's just because the 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 Sleeves don't go down to your elbow anymore. <laughs> right, uh, right. So that, that's interesting. You call that a TV number. I, I, as much as I love uniforms, I'd, I'd never heard that term before. Yeah. I've, uh, so my parents owned a sporting goods store when I was growing up. And um, when uh, my dad would be putting together uniforms for rec leagues, for teams, or, you know, high schools, whatever, 
I just remember them being called TV numbers for the shoulder pad mm. and the the sleeve area. Mm -hmm. um, that may just be what he called them. Um, it may be an old school term, but that's what I've always called them. Uh, but yeah, that's the one little thing that that's different. Um, just examining it, and it's not it's not different in a bad way. Right. It's just one little thing that they couldn't do exactly, just because there's not enough space given today's cut of jersey. But other than that, I think they nailed it. Uh, personally, as a big traditionalist, I would have loved to have seen them gone white socks and white shoes mm -hmm. with that uniform. Um, but I, I mean, overall, I have no complaints on the throwback whatsoever. I think they nailed it. I, I love that they did the fat wide white stripe, uh, which was very common in the seventies and eighties. Um, so yeah, I think the throwback one is, is beautiful. I think it's perfect. And, um, I'm excited for them to wear them. Uh, I think the original plan was to wear them against Virginia. Right. Yeah. That's what Logan said. It was going to be a big shock and surprise to the, yeah. the crowd. I mean, can you imagine no. you know, what that would have been like? I mean, yeah, it, it no. almost makes me sad knowing that that, that would have been a treat for us to, to experience. Same. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen them in person, but as you know, the, the, the deal we're, we're in now, we'll have, we'll have to watch it on TV, which is great because we'll see all kinds of cool angles. It'll look awesome on, uh, on our big TVs and HD and all that stuff. But yeah, I, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say I thought about being in, being in the bins and seeing those things in person uh, was kind of a bummer when you found out that that's what they were planning to do originally. But no complaints on those for sure. What about the black jerseys? You know, we've had them before. We've worn them, I think, four times. I think we're three and one in them, you know, sans that Alabama uh, yeah. debacle in 2008. But uh, they're a little bit different uh, than, than years past. And I'm, and I'm wondering if you feel kind of the same way I do, the being a traditionalist, uh, but still liking a, a, a wide variety of, of uniform tweaks. What do you think about the the spiked collar uh, going around? Is that a big deal? Is that a deal breaker, or do you, do you just, are you just happy to see them doing something? I'm 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 somewhere in between. I'm mm -hmm. I'm happy to see them. Um, I'm glad we're we're gonna wear them because you know black is a school color. There's no mm -hmm. reason right. don't wear them. Uh, they look awesome. I mean, they really make the silver britches, the red stripe pop on the silver britches. They make the helmet pop. Um, I don't love the, the dog collar on the collar. Um, it's not necessarily a deal breaker. I realize that I'm probably not the target demographic anymore right. <laughs> as, it, as it pains me to say that. But, um, yeah, I, I, what I don't like most is the new bulldog on the sleeves. I think they should have done number or the old school or, you know, just a, just a red cuff on the sleeve. Um, I'm not a huge logo guy on the sleeve i mm -hmm. like it stripes or numbers um i'm thinking kind of like how pittsburgh or iowa for some reason when either they have those big chunky numbers and they just have those stripes is that kind of what you're saying yeah yeah well a, a lot like uh the white throwback that they released today mm -hmm. uh, yeah i don't i don't know a lot of people may not realize that um I think it was the Rose Bowl in, in 42 or 46. We actually did wear black jerseys. Uh, they were the long sleeve, you know, Frank Sinkwich. <laughs> right. Um, and they had a thin white, a thick red, and a thin white stripe. Um, so I thought maybe they could have done something like that. Or it, it, it would look just like the, the white jersey they released today. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I, I definitely like the throwback one a lot. I'm not as big on the black ones that they released. Um I love the block number on everything mm -hmm. that they did today. It is so much cleaner. It's so much better than Bulldog Bold. Um, and I have, I will die on that hill. Like I, <laughs> I don't mind, I don't mind Bulldog Bold on like a hoodie 
or right. your coffee mug or whatever in the end zones. I just I, I don't even mind it on like the basketball uniform, baseball uniform, whatever. I just think that that we could have the best uniforms in college football with just a simple blot number. That's yeah. it. You don't have to do anything to the sleeves, the collars, nothing. Just go back to block number and it is perfect. So not a huge fan of the black jersey. Excited that the black jerseys are back. I honestly think that we're going to wear them Auburn. I think that the way they mm-hmm. released it was for the first two games uh, with with the Auburn game being a night game. Um, first time back in Sanford Stadium under the lights. I think they're coming out in those black jerseys, which we do have a history with Auburn, obviously. Um, that's just that's just my my guess is I think they released it as like, hey, these are our first two mm-hmm. first two games. These are our uniforms for for those two games. Um, if not, I would love to see them um, against Tennessee because I can't stand Tennessee. I hate Tennessee so much. <laughs> yeah, for people for people that don't know, uh, Chase lives in Tennessee. Yeah, and yeah, he, yeah. A huge Bulldog fan that that you know he's in enemy territory. Yeah, so I would. Um, I'm excited to wear them in general because I just think it looks so good. But um, I really do think that obviously the the throwbacks are for Arkansas, and I think the black ones are going to be for Auburn. Yeah, and and anything else? Uh, I mean, to to add to it with your uh, expertise and in, in uniform for people to look for, maybe just like a nuance uh, besides the TV numbers and and the stripes. Um, no, like I mentioned, um, I wish that we had done white socks and mm-hmm. uh, and white shoes to complete that throwback. Uh, I would love to see us go back to to white shoes in general. Um, if you start to look around college football, if you just if you just pay attention to like socks and shoes, like the elite programs are in white and white. Like it it looks clean, it's, it looks faster. Um, you know, none of that stuff matters on how you play. You know, right. obviously. Uh, but if you just if you just start to notice, like most of the most of the elite teams are are in white. Um, and white socks. And, you know, I just think that when we have our black socks on, a lot of times the guys just wear them shin high and I often call them like soccer referees. That's what they look like <laughs> running around in it. But that, that's a little nuance just personally for me, the, you know, so you're the, talking like Alabama, Texas, Penn state, uh, probably Nebraska, Ohio state. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even, you know, Florida and Auburn and, and, you know, some of those guys, they're, they're mainly all in white socks. Now, uh, Alabama's always going to have their black cleats, but they got the white shoelaces that, that makes it a, a hmm. you know, a little bit of a contrast there. I thought I really paid attention, but you really pay attention yeah. to, the, oh, yeah. kind of the, the color of the laces. Oh yeah. 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 And, and USC does the same thing. They go white oh. socks, black shoes, white laces. Um, but if you, if you just notice, um, this weekend and start, start, start noticing socks and shoe colors, you'll see more white and white socks, especially, uh, I, and personally to me, I think it looks cleaner, um, than the black and the black, you just kind of get lost. And, and like with the Falcons new uniforms, when they've got black tops, black pants, black socks, black shoes, it looks like they're in yoga pants or a leotard. <laughs> it's just, there's, there's, they played like that enough, last week too. <laughs> yeah. There's not enough contrast there. So. If there was any, any, any complaint, which I, I really don't have, have one about mm. the throwback, it would be I wish that they had come out with white socks and white shoes for it. Um, but I kind of think, man, that this might open up. My buddy called it open up uh, the genie's bottle. You're not going to get it back in. If, if, if this thing looks as good as it did today, people are going to say, okay, well, wear that white jersey with the silver britches. Yeah. Where that, where's the red version of this to wear at home? Like, I after seeing how good it looks and seeing how many people are just, you know, clamoring over it, I don't see how you can roll out the Bulldog Bolds for years to come after these when when knowing 
what what you've got. And and that's the deal with Nike. You tell them you want the throwback, they're going to nail it. Right. But you give Nike free reign and you get the Boise State. <laughs> yeah, you get Boise State. You get um, you get Bulldog Bold, quite honestly. Um, I know for a fact that we we basically told Nike, thank you. They 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 presented that Bulldog Bold to us and we said, Yeah, sure, we'll go with it. And that was kind of how that came about. It wasn't a deal where they were working together necessarily. It was Nike just kind of did it on their own, presented it, we went with it. Um but yeah, so when you're talking Bulldog Bold for the listeners, you're talking about the way the letters are perceived. Yeah, the, the font, the official the font. Okay. athletic font, that rounded mm-hmm. number that we currently have that's, you know, instead of a block squared off eight, it's kind of a figure eight. That sure. we call. It's just kind of rounded. Uh, I just, I don't like it on the football mm-hmm. uniforms. Um, but yeah, they, Nike apparently presented that to us back in 2013 and we went with it uh, as a thank you. You know, you guys work really hard on this. We'll go with it. Um, but like I said, after seeing how good the block numbers, even on the black jerseys, the block number on the throwback, I just, I don't know how you can, I don't know how you can't not do it for red jerseys now. Um, let's get back to some serious tradition, get those block numbers in there and, and we'll look better than anybody in the country. I promise. Well, awesome stuff. And final question for you. Will we see any kind of iterations with the seven, six, you know, I know how you like to you know, add a little bit of what you can um, Mm -hmm. to certain t-shirts and new fonts uh, for even the, the polos, anything kind of swirling around in your head of like, Ooh, I can take that little aesthetic and maybe make something cool. So we, uh, we dropped three or four different new shirts today. Um, I kind of, I kind of had a little birdie in my ear last night that gave me the heads up on on what was coming out. So I, I stayed up most of the night trying to figure out, new shirt designs, but yeah, we're going to do a lot of play on the, the fat white stripe with the black outline. Um, you know, we've got one right now that has that stripe and it says one more time. Cause we know we're at least wearing them one more time, which was Irk's big motto one more time. Right. Uh, so we've got that going and then we've got what this, this is one of our best sellers right here on shirt, hat, polo, whatever. So he's uh, described, he's showing me a white hat yeah, with I'm the sorry. outline of George. Yeah. This is going to be audio. Yeah, we call it silver stitches. So it's a it's a silver state of Georgia, and it's got the red, white, and black stripe like the pants going through the state. So we did that one on a T-shirt today, but it's a red state with the black, white, black stripe running through it as nice. a tribute to those red pants. So yeah, we we've got some we've got some stuff up there honoring those red pants. So check us out for sure. You'll you'll definitely find something on there. All right. Well, Chase, I appreciate you jumping on last minute, I, but I just had a feeling you and like Logan and I've got a couple others. I had a feeling that the answer would be absolutely. So uh, we'll uh, sure. glad to have you on waiting since last Saturday. Uh, for first time, first visit on waiting since last Saturday. So hey, I can't wait to do it again, man. I had yeah. a lot of fun. So let's, let's talk soon. All right, man. We'll have a good one. All right. Take care, buddy. All right, so you've heard from Logan Booker. You've heard from Chase Kelly. And now I'm talking to my Twitter friend, uh, Hunter Jones, uh, Hunt the Jones on Twitter. I think that's correct. But uh, he also dabbles with graphic design. I'm sure y'all have seen some of his edits that he's put out on Twitter before. Uh, very talented guy. In fact, this is the first time I'm meeting Hunter for real uh, over the internet. Uh, so Hunter, welcome. And what are your thoughts on this big news? I guess news is bigger these days in 2020 because uh, we're looking for anything to rally around and Georgia definitely had us rallying around something today. Oh, yeah. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for the compliments. Uh, you know, I, dabbling is a good word for it. I kind of just uh, started to 
play around with Photoshop and some of that stuff when I was in college and got to where I'm at. And, uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to uh, be part of this great Georgia fan base. You know, I haven't always been. I can thank my wife and my father-in-law for that. Um, (laughs) My wife's from Metro Atlanta, so I'm from Mississippi. So uh, not a lot of Georgia fans around here, but, you know, the first time I went up there, the uh, they welcomed me to their tailgate with open arms and plenty of Woodford Reserve and season ticket. <laughs> nice. So nice. I couldn't really uh, turn it down. It hooked me ever since. Right. Um, but as far as my reaction, I think they're awesome. I don't know if everybody saw. You can go look at it if you didn't. My uh, initial tweet reaction was the uh, the Elmo with the burning behind him because that is just what I imagined. Georgia Twitter was doing as the they were reacting to this live because I know like I said my father-in-law he's had season tickets since the early 80s his dad put them in his name and he is traditional to the core Mm -hmm. he hates the calls it the cartoon uniform font and everything but uh I know he loved those throwbacks that's the first thing I did was I sent it to him right and uh I think they're awesome you know, so talk about a little bit more of the the detail in it, you know, through your eye of being a graphic artist. Uh, what are the things that you liked about it? Maybe some, you know, critiques, if there are any, um, for that white top and that special looking red pant. The pants are perfect. You know, the only thing that I really, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing in action, because photo shoots, you can doctor them up. They got the mm-hmm. perfect lighting and all that. It's tough to match shades of color especially when you're going by different materials uh so i want to see how the red pants the actual shade of red matches up when it comes to playing in the sunlight or playing in the daylight i think they're wearing them against arkansas they said that's right um, and you know how they match up to the gloss of the red helmet and what do they look like when they get sweaty are they going to turn maroon color that's kind of some of the stuff that i would think about but if they match even close, I think it's perfect. I think they should wear them, you know, more than once. But, I, you know, I've heard it's a one-time thing. I actually heard a rumor a while back that before the Virginia game got canceled, they were planning on uh, warming up in the silver and then coming back out for the game in the red. Can you imagine what that would have done to the crowd? Oh, my gosh. I know. I would have went ballistic. Yeah. I would have. Yeah, they, they've had a they've had a flair for the dramatic. Uh, even going back to Rick in two thousand seven with the because I was at that game when they warmed up in red, and you know it had been touted all week that they would they would wear black. And in fact, this is kind of like I mean, Twitter was one year old, so nobody was on Twitter back then. It was mainly Facebook, but somehow they got the word out like, hey, everybody should wear black, and there was that buzz and anticipation. And yeah, there was kind of a the wind was let out of the sails with the crowd when the warmups were happening or kind of like it didn't happen. And then they come running through and everybody's seen the videos and the photos. And the, the thing that's, that's, that struck me was uh, the captains. And the only reason I remember this is uh, Brandon Katu for some reason sticks out. He was a captain that day and I saw him, I think Marcus Howard maybe peeling off the red that he had the black underneath it. And it was just epic. And so that would have been, you know, really awesome to see a warm up and then change and coming back versus Virginia, but um, but yeah, that's that's obviously not going to happen. So your your points were very interesting. Something I would never have thought about, but it makes perfect sense because when I'm taking photographs and I edit them in Lightroom or Photoshop, they look different on my computer backlit 
than they do sometimes when they're printed out. So I have to make adjustments. So the, the fact that you're bringing up that if they get sweaty or how does it look at night, that's a fascinating point to me. And I, I, I would think that Nike might have taken care of that. But uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm sure our listeners are now going to be uh, eagle-eyeing uh, those jerseys and pants when they get sweaty. Hey, yeah, don't look. When you notice it, if you notice it, don't blame me. I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm just a messenger. Right. The only reason I think about it like that is because I, you know, I design uniforms for schools, especially local high schools, and I design their posters and take the pictures for them, kind of like you do. So, um, and and I just I just happen to run into it with the current school that I'm at. Um, we have royal blue uniforms, and you know I have a royal blue color code that I use for our official color. And when I printed their schedule posters this year, we we had pictures of their uh, uniforms on the poster. And, you know, I doctored it up to try to match the, the tone of Royal blue perfectly because, you know, you know, like custom uniforms are one thing, but what your high school orders, you're going to get the standard Royal blue that Nike puts out. Right. So I try to doctor up our photos to be our school color. And when it came out a poster, a physical poster, they were actually really Royal blue, almost toward purple. Uh, <laughs> So I had to go back and doctor those up. Thankfully, they only printed like one until I <laughs> you know, could make the proof. So I went back and fixed that. But that's, that's why I say that. And the other thing that kind of, you know, only I, I think only I notice it. Uh, it's because of my uniform stuff. The font is actually not the same block font that the actual throwback was. But that was just the standard block font back then. So these uniforms are meant to be the standard block font today. It's not really that big of a deal. Uh, but, you know, another thing I know, uh, I know Chase will uh, point this one out because he likes to point it out to me when we text all the time. The shoulder stripes are big enough to where you can't have the number. He talked about that. Sleeve. I knew he would. See, he, t- he, he called them TV numbers. That. And that was the first yeah, time yeah, I'd ever yeah. heard TV numbers. The TV numbers, technically the, uh, the, sh- the shoulder numbers are called TV numbers too, but the real TV number goes on the sleeve. And, um, you know, North Texas, I don't know if you saw that, they just put out throwback uniforms this year with the same striping pattern that Georgia put out today. And they fit the actual TV numbers in there, mm. but they're so small and it looks so crowded. They're actually touching the stripe. I'm glad they didn't do it. I'm glad they moved it up to the shoulder because the uniforms aren't made like that anymore. They're mm-hmm. not made to have the long hanging loose sleeves anymore. So I think it's a, uh, a modern upgrade as far as template goes that works. It works the same way, having it on the shoulder. So I'm and happy with that. Good, good. And uh, real quick thoughts on the black jerseys. They're a little bit different. Um, but, uh, you know, and I'll go ahead and say, uh, Chase and Logan and I discussed the, the, the collar that they put on it with the spikes. You know, I'm not a get-off-my-lawn guy very much, and I'm going to let that slide. Uh, you know, would I have put it in there? Probably not. But that's not my generation. So uh, I'm, I think that it will grow on people. And, and even Logan pointed it out, like, when the helmet's on, you don't really notice it as much. How do you feel about that? My favorite part. Oh, really? Okay, see? see You're look, probably a lot younger than me. <laughs> A couple weeks back, I, I actually came across, uh, you know, a photo floating around on the internet of a, a fan jersey, a fan version of that jersey. And it was before they went on sale or before anybody really. So I, I posted on Twitter and I was like, oh, what is, you know, Georgia Twitter? I think I reacted to that negatively. 
yeah, everybody was <laughs> negative to that. And they're like coming at me like I made it or something, but I didn't actually make those. I just think that they're awesome. And yeah. what a lot of people won't really notice, and I, you know, I went reading into it today, they actually have textured the collar to look like leather, like a leather dog collar on that wow. collar. Uh, so it, you know, Nike, you know how they are. They don't miss the details. And I, I do, I think it's subtle enough that, you know, they have a red collar on the black Jersey anyway. Mm-hmm. They really just cut it in half and added the stripe, the, uh, spikes to it. And, you know, it's something that the kids, the recruits and the players, they love it. They absolutely love it. They, they love that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I feel like they did everybody a favor with that uniform. Everybody wants the black, depending on who you ask. So it's coming back. Everybody loves the block font. You got a block font on that black jersey. And I, from looking at the photos, I don't know if they've doctored them. I can't tell. They kind of look silver. I think the, the numbers are between a silver and a white, depending on how you look at them. So they match the pants. You got that traditionalist. And then they threw the collar in. And, uh, you know, it made it a little more modern. It's not as Oregon-y as, you know, <laughs> making it look like duck. Right, know, feathers. Yeah. And all that, but... I think it's just, I mean, dogs wear collars. A bulldog yeah. wears a collar. So your jersey collar would be a dog collar on this kind of uniform. I, I like it. Well, you've That's convinced me. Yeah, I'm not going to pour them out that anymore. You've convinced me. Um, so before we go, uh, I know you're over in Mississippi, and it looks like Mississippi's the University of Mississippi and, and our friend Lane Kiffin is uh, tinkering with their powder blues. Uh, what's the reaction to the Ole Miss uniforms that were released? First of all, the powder blue helmet is maybe the best helmet in college football. And maybe that's a bias because I'm an Ole Miss alum. Maybe I'm biased on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they debuted them my junior year, and it was one of those surprise things like we were talking about. They warmed up in different helmets, came back out, and they're actually a uh, tribute to Chucky Mullins. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If yeah, I remember him, the guy that died from a spinal injury. Right, and so the last time they wore those before that was Chucky Mullins' era. Mm -hmm. So it was actually a tribute to that game against Vanderbilt when they debuted them. Um, But it's always been a rumor that powder blue would become a jersey. And ever since they put the helmets back out, it slowly made its way back into the merchandise and the coaches' polos and sideline gear. And then the baseball team kind of got a St. Louis Cardinals-looking powder blue uniform. So it was only a matter of time before they got the powder blue football jersey. As far as the execution behind it, Mm -hmm. I think that they could have went a different route. They should have went a different route. They basically took their regular jersey and just colored it powder blue instead of navy blue and left everything the same. Okay, I would have liked to see it lean more toward the baseball design where, you know, Ole Miss has the three shoulder stripes the baseball design, if you're familiar with it or familiar with the Cardinals, has three stripes. It has a red with a white in the middle and a navy. If they would have mm-hmm. done that on the shoulders, made the numbers match it, it would have been perfect. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers. I like it. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I think two schools today got some welcome news that their fans were looking forward to. And for being 2020, it's kind of nice to get some welcome news and good news that uh, makes everybody rally around it. So, uh, so that's cool. How can, uh, how can listeners, uh, find out? I know that I've actually ordered a couple of your shirts. My, uh, my wife and daughter both wear the, uh, the Georgia peaches, 
baseball jersey mock mock-ups that you've done. Uh, how can people find you online? Uh, well, you can find me at uh, on my Twitter. It's at Hunt the Jones. Um, most of my social media is under that. Uh, I've got an Instagram account. I've also got a design Instagram account, Hunt the Jones Design. But as far as T-shirts and stuff go, I've actually started working for uh, Chase now at 7-6. And, oh, cool. You know, uh, I'd say probably about 90% of the shirts that you're seeing here lately are coming from me, especially the ones today. Uh, me and Chase were kind of on this red britches thing for a while now. We knew it was coming, and we were waiting for that opportune moment to have the right designs ready. And, you know, it just kind of all happened in a whirlwind today. So they can basically get your designs by going over, over, going over to the seven six and ordering the apparel there. That's it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, hunt, hunt, hunter, hunt. I guess we can call you whatever, hunter, hunt. Yeah. Hey, whatever Jones, you want. <laughs> whatever you want to call him. Go follow him on Twitter, hunt the Jones. And uh, and thanks for uh, joining me on this uh, indulgent uniform talk today. Awesome. Thank you for having me. So we've talked to a couple of people that are involved in the uniform design business and, of course, a couple of media types who are just fanatics about uniforms like myself. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to speak with someone today who actually wore the uniform. Yes, the Georgia Bulldog uniform. And I'm proud to welcome my friend, Kenny Bailey. He played at Georgia from 2000 to 2003, I think, under Jim Donnan and Coach Mark Rick. So, Kenny... Welcome, yep, and I've got to hear your thoughts of these new throwback uniforms that were dropped today. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Scott. And, uh, you know, it's an honor to, you know, to be on here and, you know, kind of chop it up with you. Just seeing the videos and looking at the videos of the, the new uniforms that they're rolling out, um, I'm, I'm really excited about it. You know, when I was playing, um, I want to say uh, when, we were, when we were on the Donning, Donnie let us come out with the white, the white uh, pants. That's right. White That's right. You know what I'm saying? I can't remember who we were playing, but I know we came out pregame. We came out in the regular, you know, silver bridges or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Coach Donnie said, okay, when we go back in, you know, for pregame, we're going to come out. We're going to run out. We're going to change, and we're going to come out in the white. You know what I'm saying? And it was just – it was like a cool feeling. You know what I'm right. saying? Because now we, now we feel like we coming out, we swagged out. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you know, and – and that's that's one of the things like a lot of a lot of guys or a lot of teams, sometimes they, they kind of try to stay traditional. Right. You know, when it comes to the uniforms and stuff. And I think that, you know, that's kind of where Coach Rick went when he came when he came and took over for Donnan. He wanted to keep it traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, but just seeing that, you know, seeing those those, you know, they go back to the national championship when they won it, you know, in the 80s. Those things play a big deal when it comes to like recruiting and all of that because these kids they're young and they see that they see that swag and they want to be a part of it already you know you want to come to georgia you, you want to be a part of the g you know what i'm saying the red the, you know the, the silver and, and black and all of that stuff but when you see that there it's just it takes it to another level you know what i'm saying and it just it, it made me want to suit up again to be honest <laughs> I bet. You know what I'm saying? so i think you know just the change up is is it's the perfect timing for it. And I think right. Kirby is the right guy to do it, man. It's just, it's awesome. It's a lot of, it's new. And we're right there, you know, as far, as far as like getting that national championship, I think we need to change it up a little bit. Get, go away from the tradition, just a little, yeah. you know, just to spice it up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Change the mojo a little bit. Change um, it up just a little bit, you know? So I guess, historically speaking, uh, did you have any opinion when you played, like 
the changing of you know the Donnan helmet, I'll put it, is the with the black stripe down the middle. Then Rick comes in, takes the black stripe off, and puts the bones on the back. What what was your feeling as a player in your mind's eye? Like what, or did you just not even really? Did it? Did you not care? No, 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 I, no. I, we did um, because for me, well, I hate to say, it, but you know, grow, you know, growing up, I was a Florida State fan, and you know, and. Um, you know, they had the the, the little hatches, the, mm-hmm. you know, on the, on the helmets and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So when Coach Rick came and he took the black, you know, the black stripe off and put the white on, and then he started talking about the, you know, the bones, the dog bones and all of that. You know, I just always envisioned my whole helmet just being full of dog bones, you know, right. just bones. You know what right. I'm saying? So it right. kind of, you know, it, it kind of motivated guys to, you know, play a little harder and all of that stuff because they wanted, you know, to earn those bones and all of that stuff to, you know, you know, fill a helmet up with it. And, you know, when people see it on the TV, on the television, it's like, okay, well, this guy makes a lot of plays. He's a, you know, a very impactful on the team or whatever. Right. Unfortunately, my helmet wasn't full of bones, but I had a few, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so what did uh, Champ Champ played when uh, when they didn't have bones? Was he no, jealous but, of you? Nah, nah. But see, but Champ, Champ them, you know, when they played, you know, uh, Donnan, you know, they had to, they, they were able to wear the uh, the black pants. The, the, the black oh, group. that's right. Yeah, 97. Down in Florida. Yeah. Down in Florida. When, the Outback Bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah they did that. Bowl. Actually, actually, yeah, the Outback Bowl when they played mm-hmm. uh, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and that was, you know, just being at home and watching that when I was in high school, that was, that was super awesome, man. You know what I'm saying? And, I, you know, of course, I wanted to do that, but when, we got here, of course, we didn't get the, the white, I mean, the black, but we did get the white. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, that's something that's kind of forgotten in, in Georgia uniform lore. Uh, they they didn't wear the white uh, very often, but they wore it a couple times. And wasn't it to honor a coach or something like that? Yeah, I think it was C- Coach Pat. Oh, yeah. Pat, uh, Pat Watson yeah. passed away. Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot all about that. Yes, that's, that's absolutely correct. Yeah. Like I said, though, you know, players, you know, they look forward to to changes mm-hmm. and the things like that, you know, because it makes especially in today's different. age. Yeah, would you say you would you say the players today are more into that than when you even you were playing? Absolutely. I mean, you know, when I was playing, you know, we would look at teams like Oregon, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Oregon had like doggone ten, twelve different <laughs> uniforms, right? You know, we like wow, you know. We just <laughs> we got the silver bridges and you know we just going out and, you know keeping it traditional. But I think you know that's kind of, you know a lot of guys went to Oregon just because of the uniforms. You know right. they get a lot of recruits just because of the Nike apparel. Uh, you know all of that stuff. You know mm-hmm. so it definitely plays a big role as far as like recruit. Uh, it's a big recruit tool if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, it may it may seem small and simple to other people. Oh, I, I could appreciate it. Definitely plays a big role when it comes to recruiting. For the and I could be wrong, but it, it seems like the jersey changed as well while you were there, where it was more of a loose fitting jersey in your early days in yeah. 2000, 2001, But then it got a bit tighter and more form fitting for yeah. 2002 for the championship, yeah. run and then and then '03. Yep, absolutely. Um, and you definitely know the difference in that. I mean, because first of all, you want the jerseys to fit tightest. You know, uh, when I was playing, we had the, um, I forgot what they call it. They would put the stuff under the jerseys to make the jerseys kind of stick to your body so it mm-hmm. wasn't as loose and, the, you know, the defenders couldn't actually just grab your jersey and, and tackle, you and, tackle you and all of that stuff. So I guess that's why they kept trying to 
uh, uh, change it, switch it up and make them a little tighter. You know what I'm saying? So guys mm-hmm. couldn't just grab you and sling it, you know, tap you by your jersey and all that stuff. But, yeah, you could definitely tell it, the difference over the years as far as, like, uh, you know, how they kept modifying the jersey and, and all of that stuff. Uh, um, I think when I left, that's when they really – you could really tell the difference from the change up of um, how, you know, where they went in the direction as far as, like, shrinking it up more. Right. Um, the jersey and all that stuff. Because we used to try to roll them up, roll, you know, roll out um, our sleeves up so we can show off our guns. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, but sometimes, sometimes the jersey, you know, it would it would come back down because it was so doggone big. So, so who, you know, who tried a jersey the best while you were there? Who was who the best looking in a jersey? I would say Patrick Pass, man, because he had the guns. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And, yeah, um, he, you know, he he just had a, a a good technique where he could just roll that thing up under his armpits, put some tape on it, mm-hmm. and, and you know, his guns just just they you, you see them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So yeah. So you you got any uh before we go do you have any good stories uh you know in game or any any funny stories that maybe our listeners wouldn't get anywhere else uh maybe a, a certain memory of a game in the early 2000s or even the SEC championship game like when DeCorey Bryant runs in and surprisingly <laughs> blocks that punt uh against Arkansas My most memorable moment would be the year when we um beat Tennessee Mm-hmm. Here in Athens. Oh, and, the, was that the goalpost game? And the, the students rushed the field. And <laughs> it, look, and I was, uh, I want to say I was a red shirt freshman, you know, but I dressed, you know, that, you know, that you could dress out and mm-hmm. be on the sidelines and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we beat them and the students just, they stormed the field. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a little country kid from South Georgia, you know, I <laughs> never been, you know, just, it, it was crazy to me, you know, and I was a, uh, I was a little nervous, you know. I, I didn't know what was going, you know, what was going to happen. <laughs> right. A guy runs up on me, and he and he snatches my mouth, my mouthpiece off of my helmet, and he puts it in his mouth. And you know, and I'm looking, I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. Like, why, why would you, you know what I'm saying? And then he tried to give it back. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> you you good. keep that. <laughs> and um, you know, and then just looking over there. And, they hanging all on the goalposts and they, they just rocking that thing and they, they, they bring it down. You know, we're trying to make our way to the locker room. Can't get anywhere because the, the field is full of students and all of that stuff. And, you know, I think after that game, they, they, they made a rule. They started having security like all oh, around sure. the stadium so the kids couldn't rush the field anymore. But they took that field, that goalpost off the field and they drug it downtown through downtown Athens. <laughs> and, you know, and I saw it in the red and black the next day. And, you know, that's just one of my most memorable moments. And it was it was a crazy, crazy, crazy night, man. But, you know. I was at that forget. game, and I was in the, the end zone near the bridge, and I did not think twice about rushing the field because my dad's an attorney, and I knew what he <laughs> would do to me if I got in trouble doing that. So I did not participate, but I was there. Uh, so, yeah, we were there together. We didn't know each other then, but yeah, uh, yeah, we yeah. were there together uh, together in spirit. So, uh, so yeah, I, I appreciate uh, your time. Uh, I think it's really cool to be able to get uh, a player's perspective on really how it makes them feel uh, because mm-hmm. we can kind of see that in those pictures that they posted with Zamir White and those yeah. beautiful red britches Ooh, and that beautiful man. white jersey and just how cool that looks. I mean, could Fire. you imagine putting that on today? Fire, man. Oh, my goodness. That, hey, yes. Have you gotten any texts from Champ about what he thinks about it? I don't. He, he probably hadn't even seen it yet because he's been <laughs> on the go all day. You know, he's a he's a – really really busy guy super busy 
I'm I'm gonna shoot him that link you sent me uh, a little later on. Okay, to get All his right. get take on it. Yeah, man, but. Active body too. So. I'd, I'd love to have you back sometime and uh, maybe we can talk about it more at length, like in depth of the 2000 Georgia Tennessee game or some other games in the early 2000s. Uh, maybe even what that transition was like from uh, Coach Don into Coach Rick. I think that would be fascinating stuff. So uh, maybe you can come Absolutely. on over or we can join up on yeah. Zoom again. Absolutely, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm with you, Scott. Just let me know. All right. Well, go, dogs. And thanks for uh, joining me. All right, man. Thanks for having me. And I'm also very happy to have on this podcast episode two very special people, a married couple, uh, a married couple in UGA Bliss, you could say. Uh, Sarah and Blake Sailors join me. Now, Blake played for the University of Georgia, as y'all know, from I think 2010 to 2013. And Sarah was a gym dog at the University of Georgia. So Sarah and Blake, I'm interested, like all these other fans and our listeners, about these uh, retro uh, traditional uniforms that are brought up. But I wanted to ask y'all, as athletes at the University of Georgia, how important is the uniform and how you feel when you go out to compete? Yeah, I mean, as a gymnast, um, so much of like what we did was how we looked in um, the leotard and the hair and the makeup and the glitter. Um, getting ready on meet day was a long process. We usually got to the locker room several several hours before to um, prep and get ready. So um, for me, it was a huge aspect of the competition. And one of my favorite leotards we actually ever competed in was a commemorative leotard. Um, it was our throwback, and it was one that a national championship winning team wore. And we wore it on alumni night for the first time. Um, and I can't remember who we were competing against, but I remember it was a really big competition, and it was a must-win competition. And wearing that leotard, it kind of gave us a little bit of extra pep in our step. So I think having something like that, it just kind of adds a little bit extra and gets you more excited for the event. And so for me, I mean, I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, they they say you look good, you play good. Um, and I think it's true exactly. First thing is it's going to be so exciting um, just for the fans. Too bad we won't have like an entire stadium of people because – like in the past when guys ran out in black jerseys, um, we showed up uh, in, I don't know, 2010 or 11 against Boise and had new uniforms. It makes people, I mean, you come out like that not expecting it, and people just go absolutely nuts. So then the players feed off that. If you have recruits there, they feed off that. It's just, I mean, when guys see that they have new uniform, I mean, when we saw, um, when I was there against Boise and we first saw it, I mean, we were, I mean, beyond hyped in the locker room. Right. And we knew we were going to wear that before the game. So these jerseys right here look way better than those did. So <laughs> I think you're right. I, mean, I hope they, these red and white ones, I think, are absolutely amazing. That but, seems to be the one that stands out uh, from yesterday because we've seen the black. And, of course, they had the addition of the dog collar with the black. But those white tops with the retro red pants, the fact that we haven't seen them in 40 years. I mean, I guess Blake is a former uh, uh, player for, for Georgia – I bet you'd give anything to be able to suit up in those uh, again. Yeah, I like white jerseys anyway a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm bringing up past, but in 2009, they wore a black or a white jersey with black pants against Florida, right? And and black helmets, yeah. and everybody thought that looked amazing. Yeah, I think there's just something with the whole white and red. And when you're tying it into throwing it back to 40 years ago when they won a national championship, 
Mm-hmm. Just how it looks so good. I mean, I think players and fans are just going to go crazy when they see these guys wearing them and playing in them. Right. And you mentioned, I think, recruiting. Uh, you know, and obviously Kirby's just stacking, you know, number one classes up and up. I mean, it seems to be in today's uh, young athletes, you know, 17, 18-year-olds being recruited, that's, you know, some of us older guys, not me, because I understand the fashion and appreciate the fashion, but some people just kind of, you know, want to say kind of get off my lawn, but it is true. And I guess y'all can speak, uh, since being more recent graduates of university, that, that that does ring true, that, that those are important, the way that you look. Uh, helps the way you you play. Yeah, I mean, I think every recruit that comes in that whoever posts so-and-so's in town, you always see them in a full uniform mm-hmm. in the locker room at the stadium. So, obviously, it plays a big role. The guys want to see themselves in a number they're going to be wearing, how it's going to look, take all the pictures. They put it on their own social media. And then if they're at a game and they see guys run out like this, and, again, it's – think so much that you can't have a full stadium right. with the crowd because the atmosphere when the guys come out like that is just so electric and it's just like you just feel the fan and the noise just like through your body and stuff and I mean if if I'm a recruit that just really gets me hyped up and just it's just another reason it makes you want to go to that school yeah and there's something yeah. to it from a recruit's perspective of you know, especially with this, um, the throwback uniform and just that reminder of like, this is a program that wins. Our toaster oven is going off. <laughs> That's all right. We'll just roll with <laughs> yeah. it. Um, there's something to it when you have a program. I mean, you want to be recruited to a program that wins national championships. And when there's a, and just another reminder, like through something as simple or maybe not as simple as a uniform, like that's really exciting to a recruit. And just to know that you're being asked to enjoy this atmosphere and to come look at a program and to be a part of something so much bigger than yourself, like that is just so cool and so important for a high school kid um, to come in and see. I, and I think y'all are right. I mean, and that's something that uh, Georgia, true Georgia fans that follow it and, and listen to uh, podcasts and read blogs, I think they understand exactly what y'all are, what y'all are talking about. Because back in the day when, uh, when I was coming to school in the 90s, not that I was being recruited, but people uh, my age that were being recruited, it really wasn't a, wasn't a thing. And uh, the, also the prolific, proliferation of uh, uniforms, how Oregon brought it on in the early 2000s, hadn't really happened yet. So, uh, you know, I have a feeling they're going to keep trying to build and tinker. I just hope they don't mess with the helmets. I think the helmets are beautiful as they are, uh, but I'm completely fine with any kind of little uh, nuance to the jersey and, uh, and the pants. And I have a lot of faith that, uh, you know, I'm sure it goes by Kirby's desk and the buck stops there. I don't think he's going to, uh, you know, sign off on anything that would uh, potentially uh, gain the, the grimace of, of the majority of the fans. Yeah, and I think Georgia's got probably the best colors to mix and match with yeah. in all of college football. I mean, it's hard to mess up red and black. It is. So. It is. Uh, so before I let you go, I'd love to hear maybe uh, y'all's favorite individual memories of, of competition, uh, Blake. Uh, maybe, you know, one of your favorite memories at Sanford Stadium that perhaps some uh, just average Georgia listeners don't know, maybe a little something that went on behind the scenes or a certain play. I know you were dominant on special teams. And then Sarah also maybe, uh, you know, a particular beam routine or maybe when y'all are competing against LSU or Utah or one of the powerhouses, 
just you know some kind of vignette uh, to to leave us with. Um, I think for me, um, just my first year I got to play in 2010, my first kind of big play when I recovered a fumble against Tennessee on a muff punt. Just with it being like the first kind of big turnover play and kind of a momentum swing, I know it was a close game. And then up to that point, we just kind of took momentum and ran with it. That was probably – I mean, there's a lot of memories where oh, sure. we were falling and stuff like that and just, you know, playing against guys like Tyrone Matthew and getting a tackle against some of those guys. But just that first turnover is probably a, a big one for me. And I guess since it was a home game, the crowd probably erupted and you probably – that was probably just – that's why you're remembering that because of the, right. the visceral feel of it. Right, exactly. I mean – we had a lot of other – like, I mean, the crowd for me is a big one too. Like, in 2013, we played LSU when we played against my good buddy Mettenberger, um, who I went to high school with. Um, and they came here, and then that game went, out, went down to the wire, and I've never heard our crowd so loud. So, moments like that, obviously, are, are pretty awesome. South Carolina, I recovered a fumble my last year. That's always a big game. They erupted. Just, I mean, anything like that, when the crowd gets into it, it just – it's just special. Uh, that South Carolina recovery um, was early on when Blake and I were dating. And he, of course, couldn't tell me that that was a plan for the game, that they might um, attempt that but that onside kick. But um, he did tell me to make sure that I was in the stands and that I didn't miss the first quarter because <laughs> something cool might happen. And so um, that was exciting for me to know that he was going to be a part of something cool and then to actually see it happen and to see it be successful was really fun. And I also remember but you um, missed it. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I did miss it. And that is a very long story as to why I missed it, but I saw the replay um, okay. and I heard the crowd erupt. I was in the stadium. I just wasn't in my seat. <laughs> but, oh, okay. um, another cool thing was, um, to know that he was on the field with his dad as well. His dad gets to be on the field um, as a team doctor. And he got to share that moment with him and kind of look over and uh, Blake pounded his chest and was like, dad, I did that. So that was just really cute to see um, that connection as well. So I love that. Yeah, that was awesome. cool. He was there my whole career. So I almost after every play, I'd go over there and hang out with him and Dr. Hancock. <laughs> and down there with the doctors most of the time until I had to go back in. That's great. Sarah, do you got a um, gymnastics uh, memory? Yeah, so um, I believe it was 2013 when we were competing against Alabama in Stegman Coliseum. Um, and so, of course, the Georgia-Alabama rivalry in gymnastics is huge. Um, those, the two head coaches that kind of brought those programs up um, have a very storied history. So that's always a meet that we look forward to every single year. Um, and I remember it was my turn to go up on beam and it was one of those performances where we needed, um, we needed a clutch performance and I was a sophomore at the time. And so I, it was a big meet. I was nervous. It was just kind of a crazy atmosphere. The crowd was insane that meet. And, um, that was my most memorable beam routine for sure. I don't remember a ton of moments from college. I more remember just the experience and the camaraderie and all of that stuff. But for whatever reason, that beam routine sticks out to me. And I just remember when I stuck my dismount and I was like, oh my gosh, I just pulled that off. It was like the most amazing feeling. And when you stick a landing and segment and the crowd goes crazy, like I have 
literal chills right now thinking about it. It's just the coolest feeling in the whole world. So um, that's that. And we were wearing black leotards, which <laughs> oh, nice. I don't know. Every time we wore black, it was kind of like, hey, we're here and we mean business. So um, I remember what I was wearing. I remember how I did my hair. It, it's just, it was just the coolest. Well, I think y'all sum it up. I mean, two former uh, University of Georgia athletes, you're kind of equating uh, fond memories and you remember exactly what you're wearing. You remember the sound of the crowd, who you spoke to, who you looked at. And I think that's where, you know, this is relevant. It is a relevant conversation. That's why Georgia put such a production into coming up with these uniforms and announcing it. Uh, I think the only disappointment is that I heard that they were going to surprise the crowd at uh, Virginia uh, at the yeah, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That would have been epic. Yeah, big yeah. time. Yeah. Well, uh, well, guys, I appreciate y'all joining me. Uh, such last minute and everything and bringing your, your new daughter in your arms. Uh, I mean, you can't see it, but I'm describing the picture that I'm looking at uh, to all you listeners. But uh, congratulations to you both. And, uh, and thanks so much for, for joining me. And, uh, and good luck in uh, your future endeavors. Is, uh, is there anything uh, planned for attending games this season? I know I got a couple of uh, games allotted to me. Are y'all going to be present at any games? Unfortunately, with a new daughter, new baby, we are going to do the smart thing and just watch from home, but we will be cheering just as loud and I will be going just as crazy. So you can count on us to be loud and excited for the dogs. That sounds awesome. Well, thank, thanks again for joining me and uh, go dogs. Go dogs. dogs. Thank you. After speaking with a couple of former football players and graphic designers about this new throwback uniform reveal, I wanted to speak to someone who I admire a lot that actually spent time working with the university, filming these football games and putting these types of hype videos together, the type of video that set Twitter on fire uh, on Thursday when the, the uniform reveal was, re- was released. So I'd like to welcome Pete Gottschalk. He is a content creator. He is currently uh, working for Major League Baseball. You can see some of his work on the Braves Instagram account with some awesome videos he's doing there. So Pete, I wanted to welcome you today and kind of dive into just the, the, the work that went behind that awesome video edit of the uniform reveal. Yeah, so, uh, well, first off, thanks for having me on, Scott. And um, I love what you guys do over here. So that staff they have at Georgia Football Creative, Eric, Gracie, Bailey, whoever, I can't remember who else I'm leaving out, Trevor, um, all the people there are insane. I mean, every single person there from graphic design to video to photo, they're insane. And they always have been insane since, I mean, you know, Frank Martin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all those people and and Neil Peterson, obviously. So what goes behind that? Like, it, it looked like a pretty simple shoot, um, if I'm being honest. Like, I watched it right before I got on here. Uh, it looks like they just probably turned all this, they turned the ceiling lights off mm-hmm. in, in the locker room. And I've been in that locker room. It gets dark. Um, but then they, they obviously, I don't know if they can control, like, the G, but they definitely amp that G up in the mm-hmm. center just to get the overhead lighting. And then there's definitely some sort of lighting behind the camera. And that transition, I think, at... 52 seconds. Yeah. So what he's describing for y'all listening there, I think, uh, you know, Mark Webb put his hands together, you know, where you can see the gloves and then he pulled his hands apart and then Zamir White did the same thing. And through video editing, you can kind of match that up. But I was telling Pete before we started recording, that was one of the greatest uh, in-camera transitions, cinematic wipes I've ever seen. So that's what I wanted him to explain right now to to y'all listening. 
Yeah. So what it looked like to me was um, they had Mark obviously put his hands up and the gloves to the camera. And then at some point there was a mask um, applied in the center of his hands where there was like a little gap. And basically that mask, what a mask does is it cuts through a video layer. So it's like a custom shape, right? Like you draw a shape, a circle in the middle of the video, essentially what you're doing. And it basically is a hole to the next layer under it. And pretty much that's what happened there. And then the mask expanded as Mark wiped his hands away. And I think there was some sort of effect added, um, like a lens distortion, uh, quick effect there for a couple of frames as Mark was wiping his hands away, just to exaggerate that effect more. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. That really stood out. Nonetheless, yeah. right. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things uh, I went back and looked at. And then at the end, you know, and this is another question I actually tweeted about this. Um, the end where you see all three together and Zamir is in the middle, you can see that they did uh, kind of a split screen or a blocking technique. And I'm wondering, was that done for effect or was it done for safety, social distancing purposes where they didn't have those three guys all together, uh, shoulder pad to shoulder pad at the end? What, what's your opinion on that? Um, well, I think when I first saw it, I was like, and it's pretty much the same thing, right? I imagine they just shot the same shot three times mm-hmm. with a gimbal mm-hmm. uh, and then just cut it. Um, they like cropped out one side of one video and the other side of the other video. But I didn't think about the social distancing thing, Scott. Like that's, <laughs> I think, what they were probably going for. Um, what impressed me a lot um, with that video and all the videos they do is the colors, right? Like I always right. think the colors and the blacks look so good. Mm-hmm. Um, they shoot they shoot an S log there. So it's basically like a super neutral profile. And then they, I can't remember how it's color graded, but I figured it it's out. It's the at some 709, point. the typical 709. It's, it's what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then maybe drop the blacks a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was, I mean, it was beautiful. So. So uh, all in all, what are your opinions on the actual, I mean, you're a fan, you went to Georgia, yeah. you went to all these games and shot a video and photos of these games. What's your opinion of the the white top red pant retro look? And then, of course, the black jersey with the the dog collar. Um, I love it all. I, I, I'm a big fan of just like getting something for the fans and, and recruiting purposes and stuff like that. I like the kind of vary, varying it up. Um, they, they didn't drop a red jersey, right? No, no, no. It was just so, the white and the black. I want to know, like, is the red – Cause the numbers are different. So mm-hmm. like, is the red Jersey going to be completely the same? I imagine not. Right. I, I mean, well, from what I've heard there, and, and it was announced today or yesterday by chip towers that they're going to wear the white and red pant combo against Arkansas next week. And uh, right. then probably bring out the black jerseys one time at home. And I guess these are considered uh, typical alternate uniforms. So they'll go back to the, the, the ones they've been wearing, unless there's a little tweak that Nike's done to the the regular red tops or white tops. That's my guess. The collar at first, you know, I think um, was a little jarring. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, but I think over time, I mean, people are so, you see this with so many jersey drops, people always nitpick, you know, mm-hmm. and, and find the things they don't like. But I think, you know, if Georgia were to go out and win a title in those jerseys, like no one's going to complain, right? Then you look at those jerseys like, wow, these are awesome, you know? Right. Oh, of course. And, and you know, not, not to mention they're probably going to make back some of that shortfall with not having uh, athletics or even a full season by potential jersey sales. Exactly. Uh, people jumping on to get that uh, maybe like a retro yeah. Herschel Walker white jersey like that. 
Exactly. For sure. I mean, I, I'll, I got to get one. Right? Oh. I just love the numbers. That's my, that's my, that's the what numbers, everybody the classic said. Number look. Everybody, yeah. just about everybody I've spoken with from Logan to Chase to Hunter, the guys uh, that preceded you, uh, they were talking about the block lettering instead of the uh, kind of the, the more, I guess, curvature of the numbers that it's what it's typically seen. So that seems yeah, to be hitting a high note. What another thing I'd like to hear from you before I let you go. Uh, I, I mentioned how you used to go and, and film. Give me a memory uh, of something uh, when you were on the field, uh, maybe recently that happened, uh, kind of gets, give the listeners a story about what it's like to be on the field shooting media uh, to create these Georgia hype videos and, and everything. And then maybe talk about what you're doing with the Braves and how people can find you on YouTube. I work for IMG New Media, which is Georgia Bulldogs Sports Marketing. So we did videos for all sports um, across all social media and also video board. So like the battle him video, I did that one. It was cool seeing that. We also did web, all the georgiadogs.com videos, but I think there's so many memories at Sanford stadium, uh, that means so much to me. One is Mississippi state in 2017. I mean, that first touchdown was crazy. I wasn't even ready for it. I didn't get the shot because I wasn't ready. I was moving positions. And then the most recent one was last year against Notre Dame. And I think everyone sure. has fond memories of the atmosphere. Uh, but that was the first time I was in a stadium where like they did the lights and at the beginning of the game, right before kickoff, the first time they flashed those lights, I was like, I kind of just stopped. And I was like, you know, th this is where I am right now. That This is crazy. Like I've never seen a stadium like this. Um, but yeah, there's so many, if I could put together, like if I could relive them, I would but I'm happy to be a fan now. So. Right, right. Yeah, you get to see it from the other side. Instead of having to work, you can actually tailgate it. Well, sort of, kind of. But <laughs> next year, you'll be able to, able to enjoy it. Um, so before I let you go, tell uh, the listeners what you're doing now and maybe how they can find – I know I subscribe to your YouTube channel. It's, it's really great. Um, and, uh, and, and what you're doing with the Braves. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a live – or a video content creator for the Braves. So, like – we edit videos for our player social program, which we have like 700 players in our, um, in our program, I guess. And, and then I shoot. So if I get like a good shot of Ronald hitting a home run for the Braves, I send that immediately to New York for all of our MLB channels to use across social Spanish, whatever it be. And then I send it to the Braves and then I also send it to our player social uh, channels. So if Ronald wants to go back and post that clip, he can go and log in and, and post it. So wow, that's pretty much what I do. There's also creative editing involved, especially in the off season and stuff. So, but yeah, and I also make YouTube videos. Like Scott said, I <laughs> kind of just mess around with vlogging. Uh, I'm about to hit a thousand. I'm a hundred away from a thousand. So that'll be, maybe we can help um, you get to a thousand. Uh, exactly. Uh, subscribers. Hopefully. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah and so, so what's the handle of your YouTube or how, how would people find you on YouTube? Uh, just, I mean, Pete Gottschalk, right? G-O-T-T-S-C-H-A-L-K. Okay. That's, that's it. I do yeah. make videography tutorials. So if you're into that, just, I, I tell you, I, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I watched your last one about, uh, the five tips and focusing and everything. I have always been an auto focuser because I use a Canon EOS R and with the RF lens, it's just easy to tap and touch. But as I'm filming more sports and everything, uh, I've been trying to flip to manual and get that dial in correctly. And I'm, I must tell you when you're shooting at like F4 2.8, it looks really good when you nail it, but the practice is legit. You've got to get used to uh, pulling that focus manually instead of relying on autofocus. 
Right. Like if you're, if you're going to, you, your kids play sports, right, Scott? Yeah. Yeah. What do they play? Uh, baseball and golf. Okay. That's right. So like if you're shooting a baseball game and like you're, you're focusing on your son and he's rounding second, right. But there's a runner in front of him and he rounds third. Yep. Say you're on the third base side. I mean, if that autofocus catches, right. Like it's frustrating. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, like you said, it takes, it takes practice. Um, and you miss things, right? Like you use an autofocus, manual focus, you'll miss things. You can't get every shot. That's just the nature of it. But I've seen your stuff. It's awesome. So. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Uh, but uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for joining me today on such short notice. Uh, I think uh, the listeners will really enjoy hearing all the varied perspectives and definitely how the video that set Twitter on fire yesterday was created. So yeah, Pete, I appreciate you taking the time, and uh, I'll I'll just kind of leave you with the go dogs. Go dogs. Appreciate it. So we've spoken to uh, graphic designers, videographers, former players from the 2000s under Coach Don and Coach Rick. And so I wanted to bring on another former player, uh, one who starred on the defenses of the 1980s. He was a rover back, uh, played in a couple of bowl games, including the Sun Bowl and the Hall of Fame Bowl uh, back under Coach Dooley. But I'd like to welcome Mike Brown with me because uh, I – I was figuring he could be able to give a little bit of perspective on how historical uh, these jerseys are, that the 40-year anniversary throwback jerseys that were released yesterday online. And uh, Mike, thanks for joining me. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. Um, so, you know, this is a uniform talk. And I know as a player, my, my big uh, question to some of the former players I've, I've spoken to, what's it like? to put on the red and black. I mean, there's so many fans. There's thousands of fans that we spend all day tailgating and, and talking about the team 24-7. What's it like to put on the uniform, and how significant is it to you to, to see kind of a, a harken back to the, the Dooley era? Well, I think that to me, it was very exciting because I was born and raised in Athens. My father had worked at the university, you know, basically my whole life. And so, you know, being a kid from Sears Charles High School, um, you know, everybody, it seemed like, wanted to go play for Georgia, but everybody didn't. During the time I was in high school, I just remember there was a big push because Georgia had lost several recruits out of my high school to Clemson. Mm. One, the main one being Homer Jordan, who then went and won the national championship with Clemson. <laughs> and so when I came through – um I think Coach Julie had sort of laid down an edict that we were not going to lose any more Cedar Shoals players to Clemson because <laughs> they had a starting uh, – The obviously Homer was there. They had another guy named Tyrone Davis who started at cornerback who then went on to the uh, – win a Super Bowl for the Giants when they wow. won their Super Bowl. And so I just remember the coach that was recruiting me basically said, look, if we lose you, not that I was this great recruit, but I was out of Athens and they were not happy about having to keep facing these kids. So whether I ever got on the field or not, I wasn't going to get on the field for somebody else is sort of what they told me. Right. Um, so it was very exciting. Um, I mean, I remember the recruiting process very vividly. I, mean, I think one of the first recruiting game. I think probably the first one I went was the first time, um, I think it was probably the 82 season. I think they played Clemson at night and Georgia didn't even have lights. They had to bring in the lights, brought in basically temporary lights to play Clemson I on national TV. 
Well, Georgia had won the national championship in 80 and Clemson had won it in 81. So this was 82. Mm -hmm. And so it was a big deal. I mean, I know a lot of people remember that Georgia had won the national championship in 80, but I think a lot of people forget that they had played for the national championship in 81 and 82. Right. You know, they lost to Pittsburgh and lost to Penn, Penn State. You know, they were on a roll. They were on a roll, similar to sort of what Coach Smart's got them on now. You know, sort of fast forward through the recruiting process, you know, that was really exciting because I remember going to see, you know, Georgia played a game against Brigham Young and Steve Young was the quarterback at Brigham Young when I was recruiting. And I just, you know, it was just amazing. One, to see, you know, because my high school was a really good high school football program, but to see the speed at what these guys were playing. And, you know, I was really watching the defensive backs and, you know, Clemson, had, or excuse me, Georgia had, uh, you know, Terry Hogue was the rover back. John Little was his backup, you know, which means Terry Hogue, who was a finalist for the Heisman. Mm -hmm. John Little, who was like an all-SEC player for the four years he was there when I was there. He was a class ahead of me. Um, so, you know, the thinking was, well, if you're going to go play, let's go play with the best and see if you're worth a darn. And yeah. so it was pretty exciting stuff. So the years you were there – uh, we're kind of the mid eighties, you know, with Lars Tate and, right. uh, John Little. John was there. John. So the class, the 82 class was the number one recruiting class in the country. Okay. I mean, they were loaded. Now, for some reason, I don't know why a lot of those guys, which they do now, you don't hear about it. They left because they weren't getting the playing time because the team was so doggone good. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I remember still today I came home after a couple of weeks of preseason practice and my mother asked me how it was going. And I was the first time I'd ever cussed in front of my mother. I said, well, if you got to be this blankety blank good, I'll never see the field. Absolutely. It was, you know, to watch somebody like Terry Hogue practice and watch, you know, coach Dooley have to pull him out of practice because he just went at such a level that nobody else went at. It was Knox Culpepper was at linebacker. Tommy Thurston was at linebacker. Not just to play with these guys, but just walk in the locker room. It was intimidating. Yeah. Because um, these guys were good. And they had been successful. You know, what a lot of people forget is we all signed. Back then, everybody signed in February. Mm -hmm. And so when we all signed, Herschel was supposed to be a senior. Um, and then about a month later is when he decided to go pro. Well, Georgia had not really signed a running back because who was going to come play running back and sit behind Herschel? And so that first year we were, although the team was loaded, we were basically playing a freshman fullback at running back because we didn't have anybody. <laughs> um, so, you know, and I think we lost to, to Auburn by six points, which cost us a chance at the national championship game again. Um, but that's the, that's the 10 to nine Texas team. That was, that was my first year. What kind of uh, combinations? I know that y'all had the stars on the back of the helmet back then, which I I kind of wish they would go back to. But you know, yeah. Kirby, whatever you know. And I, I like the bones, but I I kind of grew up. I was a child of the '80s and grew up, you know, looking at the stars on the back of the helmet. Um, so how did uh, how did Dooley uh, did he implement that, or was that was that something that was just kind of taken or borrowed from another uh, university? No, I think Dooley started that. Um because, you know, it's sort of the Buckeyes have the Buckeyes, and it's it's all – and so the way it works is they grade your game film, and, you know, the next day we come in on Sunday and they start handing them out, you know, based on certain parameters. You know, it was a big deal. Mm -hmm. It was a big deal. It was always frustrating because if you lost or you didn't play very well, they weren't as um, 
forthcoming with the stars is if you'd have gone and, you know, maybe beat Clemson or beat Auburn or somebody in Florida, they, they'd be doling them out. Right. Um, you barely beat Vanderbilt and, you know, you might have a chance to get one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I sort of laugh because these guys come out and, you know, you can't really tell who's playing because there's two number sixes and there's, you know, there's right. two number 12s on the team and that kind of thing. Um, I came in early to spring and they basically said, here is your number. <laughs> what number? And that was you? pretty much the end of the story. I think there was two numbers when I came in, there was two numbers under 50 and one was 49 and one was 34. Well, I wasn't obviously getting 34. <laughs> no. And that was literally, that was the only two numbers they had. So they're like, here, you're number 49. I was like, okay. I'm just happy to have a Jersey, you know, Right. never really thought anything about it. Never heard a player talk about numbers. Um, you know, sometimes you get the wide receivers as they got older, they'd want to change a number or something, but linemen and defensive guys, they just took a number and went to work. Kind of yeah. Thing. It seems like it's much more now, you know, nowadays with recruiting and everything, and you see the pictures online, you know, the recruits are posing in the black Jersey or they're, they're posing with the number one. And now they're allowing number zero to be worn uh, by college football. So it definitely has changed with the, the optics really of, of they want to look good, so yeah. maybe they'll play good or maybe they feel good while they're looking good. I, I don't know what it is, but I guess that wasn't the case for y'all. Y'all just kind of kind of showed up and didn't care what you were wearing. You were just going to you know, play like Dooley's Junkyard Dogs no matter who was on the field. Well, that's pretty much true. But, um, you know, there always was, a, and to sort of get back to your topic, there was always conversations about the uniforms. Mm. There, there, you know, the players had their favorite uniforms. What was it? Well, we loved the red, red, red pants on the white shirt on the away games. Just thought that just it popped. Um, and so, you know, when you first contacted me, I kind of I chuckled about it. And then when I saw it, I think it was yesterday or the day before, I saw they were coming back. Right. Um, what I remember, and I can't remember the game, but somewhere I believe it was around the 85 season, we wore the uniform somewhere. Mm-hmm. And either didn't play well. I don't know if we lost, but I don't think we played well. And Coach Dooley was a pretty superstitious guy. Um, and he was not happy with us at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I think that most people don't know, or at least my impression of Coach Dooley, is he was absolutely one of the most competitive individuals I'd ever met in my life. I mean, you know, people see me he was sort of stoic. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had an intensity that – he didn't really even have to say anything. You just sort of could feel it when you were walking around him. Um, and so if you didn't play well, he could light you up pretty good. And I remember he basically told us that on no uncertain terms, we were wearing those red pants again. Was that the last time that they worn them? I think they wore them again. I think they wore them once, like in the 88. Well, I left at 87, but I don't remember – I, I think we might have worn them, might have worn them in the Sun Bowl. Against which was Arizona? Last 85 season. I want to say, I think I have a picture of that because I was talking to you at the gym yeah. about that. And I think that was a white top, red pant uh, a jersey. And, and that would have been, I guess, in what, 86 or 85, maybe? That was, 80, that was 85. Um, so maybe it was 86 that we messed up. And he just said, <laughs> we're not doing that anymore, guys. Amazing. And that's right. the last I ever saw of the pants. Yeah. So yeah. what What was your – what do you think? I mean, I think they look pretty good. The, it, it, of course, they've got a little bit of 
you know, a futuristic look of it's not exactly yeah. like the block letters and the TV numbers uh, yeah. that are on the side. But what was your opinion when you saw the red pants all over again? I thought they looked sharp. I, I really too. did. <laughs> I thought a lot. Of, I thought they looked fantastic. I mean, the updates that they've done on these uniforms are are great. I mean, obviously the guys look, you know, they look much more athletic because the uniforms are form fitting where ours were, you know, sort of more flowing. And, you know, we had the cutoff uh, shirts that they didn't get tucked in. Um, and so now, you know, they just look a lot more athletic because I think one, they probably are, but they are also, <laughs> you know, the, the cuts that they've implemented it, it really looks good. But I saw them the other day and I thought, wow, that that's a sharp looking uniform. Saw the black, you know, I remember when they wore the black, they came in and I was at the game. Um, I think it was Auburn. We played Auburn. Yep. Yep. That was just one of the most exciting football games I'd ever been to. That place, the stadium was just out of control that night. Right. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't watch the game without a smile on your face. Cause yep. it was just, that's a great point. Yeah, it was when, amazing. When they ran out of that tunnel after changing uniforms and then come out in the black i mean you're right i was there too and i i can just thinking about it almost makes the hair on my arms stand up because it was the most electric atmosphere i've ever been into and a close second is notre dame last year but it still doesn't top the 07 auburn game yeah because that was the first time as far as i know that's the first time they've worn black oh it was yeah yeah now don't think that probably every team for the last 30 years has asked for black uniforms (laughs) right but uh, I know when we were there, they were pretty shut down. They were like, no, we're not wearing that. Right. But, uh, and, and, you know, that, that's just what is so fascinating to me uh, as a uniform connoisseur, especially with Georgia. One, I think Georgia has the most beautiful color combination. I mean, you can't, you can't beat that uh, Georgia Bulldog red combined with the black and the silver britches. And, yep. then, and then iconic red helmet. You know, I'm fine with any kind of uniform tweaks because I trust – Kirby, I trust the Athletic Association making the right moves. And I also trust they're not going to tinker with the helmet anymore because I think that should stay put as is. Yeah, when they, when they changed the helmets, was it in the late 90s, early 2000, and put the black stripe, I just I couldn't stand it. Yeah. I just, I just couldn't stand it. And I know the guys that I was around, they didn't like it either because there's, there's always been sort of certain teams out there that you just don't mess with. Like – Oregon really wasn't a big program when I was coming out, but I think they sort of made their statement by the fact that they had so many combinations. Right. And that was great for them because it worked for them. It worked for the younger kid players and, and gave them sort of an edge on the more traditional, but to go changing an Ohio state or Penn state or an Alabama or a Georgia, somebody like that, just don't think you do it. I mean, why mess with what's perfect, you know? And, and I believe it was Coach Dooley who's in uh, – he's admits that he stole it from Green Bay. Just a <laughs> simple G right. is all you need. I mean, you see that helmet and you know who that is. Right. Whereas you may see an Oregon helmet and you're like, you got to take a second, you know, because you don't know what's going on over there. That's a great point. But, uh, yeah, I, I was not happy with that process, process but I think they – you know, they've updated it with the colors, but but the helmet stayed the same for the most part. And mm-hmm. I, like I said, and I agree with you, I can't fathom that they're going to mess with that again. It's kind of like old Coke and new Coke. You know? <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. when that happened. Yeah. Um, so my, my final question for you is just 
maybe one more story, like something that you did, maybe your favorite play, favorite moment uh, as a defensive player back in the 80s, uh, something that happened in an iconic game. Uh, what, what's something that, that comes to mind to share with the, the listeners? Well, I, we, when we lost this game uh, by fluke, we were uh, the one I remember is we. So I was I was in the secondary, and we had a really good cornerback who ended up playing cornerback and then went to safety the next year. Ben Smith out oh, of yeah. Warner Robins, and Ben was an inter. I always thought he was an interesting guy because you know he didn't party, he didn't do anything, but he was just one of the most tenacious guys. You know, he wasn't huge; he's was about 185 pounds, but he just would light people <laughs> up. It was scary, and so we had LSU done. Um, they were driving. We had them stop. They had like a third and 12. We had them stop. And I remember the quarterback sort of ran out to, to their sideline. I was kind of the guy that sort of ran him out of bounds. He gets about four yards out of bounds. And out of nowhere, Ben Smith just comes and kills him. Oh. Just not, knocks him out of the game. And it was Tommy Hodgson, so he was a really okay. good quarterback. Yeah. And uh, I remember their sidelines went crazy. The coach went crazy. And I just remember standing on the sideline next to Ben after he hit him. And I just said, Ben, I, I think you killed him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he never moved again. <laughs> then they brought in their backup quarterback and he, you know, they got their 15-yard penalty and he drove down and scored. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's like, well, we lost, but. Ben had his one great hit, but I just remember thinking, my God, right. I can't imagine being hit that hard. That was, that was a great, that was a great play. There's a lot of them though. There's I'm a sure. lot of great guys over there, you know, not to, to labor on too much, but you know, the one thing I always remember is, you know, you'd get the scouting reports the week before to go play whoever it was, Florida or Auburn or whomever. And they would talk about their running back. And we just wouldn't pay any attention because, you know, we were practicing against, like you said, Lars Tate, uh, Rodney Hampton, Tim Worley, Keith Henderson, um, Cleveland Gary. Oh, yeah. came in and then ended up transferring back to Miami and was the number one pick in the draft. But he was fifth. He was the fifth string running back, ended up being a first-round draft pick. That's how good we were. Right. I think Lars was a second-round pick. Uh, Tim was a first-round. Rodney was a first-round Keith was a like a second round. And so, you know, you practice against those guys all day long. I mean, what's Kentucky's not going to bring somebody that <laughs> right. scares you. <laughs> I mean, you've been killed all week by those guys. Just a breath of fresh air. And this is so. back when you weren't taking breaks. You were getting bull in the ring, Oklahoma drill, you know, left and right. So there was no uh, days off even at practice, I'm sure. Oh, no, no, no. It was full on hitting – Tuesday, Wednesday, sometimes Thursday. Now they would start calming it down about mid-season, but yeah, it, you know, the first half of the season, Tuesdays and Wednesdays were full on. You know, there was, and the other interesting thing is, there was no laying off the quarterbacks back then. Oh yeah, I mean they, you know, quarterback was if he got outside the pocket, you know, some linebacker was trying to take him out. So you you were chasing James Jackson around practice, I'm sure, all those years. Yeah, we had James. We had. Uh, uh, Wayne Johnson was another good one. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, yeah, you didn't get many good hits on one uh, James because he just could squirt around you. Right. And then you didn't want to take on 
Wayne Johnson because he was bigger than everybody else. <laughs> so I remember the, I went that went to hit him on the sideline in a scrimmage, and I thought after that I was like, "Yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore." <laughs> so. Wow. I'm I'm glad you you had some time to jump on with me because I find I find the information is just fascinating. I mean, I, there's we have a lot of listeners who uh, remember the '80s uh, and remember going yeah. to games in the '80s. In fact, one of my uh, co-hosts was you know in college in the '80s when you were playing. Um, so it's just it's just really cool, and I really love what Georgia has done, and not only updating the black jerseys and everything. And sure, that's fine, and that would have gotten a lot of people excited, but. I wasn't expecting the red pants and the white no. jersey. And to have, have it come along in 2020 when we've just been fighting with bad news and frustrations, the fact that we're a week away and they're going to be wearing those new uniforms or those throwback uniforms versus Arkansas yeah. next week uh, is yeah. pretty exciting to me. Yeah, and I think they said it's just this for the opening game and that's it as a tribute to the national championship game. So I yeah. think it's awesome. Yeah, hopefully we can get our hands on uh, some of those jerseys. Uh, maybe they'll be selling at the bookstore. I know I'll, I'll fork over my money for, for, my, for my boys to have a jersey like that. Maybe I can get number 49, Absolutely. right? Number 49, yeah. Mike Brown. <laughs> yeah, number one in your, in your heart. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time, and uh, I think you really capped off this uh, episode in grand fashion, and uh, I'll see you at the gym. How about that? All right, I appreciate it. Thanks, Scott. Thanks so much for listening, and thank you to Logan, to Chase, Hunter, Kenny, Sarah, Blake, Pete, and Mike for taking time to speak with me. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the Georgia football uniforms or for this podcast episode. You can tweet or follow me on Instagram at Jawavi Films. That's J-A-W-A-V-I Films. My co-hosts Will Leach and Tony Waller will be back with me next week as we preview the Dogs' 2020 season opener versus Arkansas, where we'll get to see those beautiful 1980s throwback uniforms on TV. Have a great week. We'll see you on campus very soon. And, as always, go Dogs!